Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. All right, in today's episode, we're going to celebrate the 50th episode of the Lovecast, and then we're going to be talking about the Kyrie Irving trade. We're going to be breaking down grades for both teams and what this means for the Lakers, who obviously missed out on Kyrie, as well as what this means for the Nets and the Mavs. All right, I'm here with Butsy and Jordan. Butsy, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you feeling? Yeah, it has been. Uh, I'm sorry that I've been taking a little bit of an absence from the podcasting scene, um, but with you know NBA trade deadline heating up uh Super Bowl coming up we're going to be and college basketball is an absolute full swing so we're going to be getting back to the religious pods and uh religious TikToks and you know just get back to the grind. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited for that. Jordan, thank you for hopping on. Uh today we're it happens to be the 50th episode. Um it's not going to be a huge episode because uh we're recording an emergency episode for the Kyrie Irving trade. But shout out to us for 50 episodes. That's awesome. As for this Kyrie Irving trade, pretty big trade. I did not expect it to happen this early. I thought it was going to be more of uh, later this week. But nonetheless, it happens. The full trade is Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick, and multiple second-round picks. So, pretty big trade. We'll start with the Mavericks, and we'll start with you, Jordan. What does Kyrie Irving bring to this Mavericks team? Uh, I actually, I I like it for the Mavs. I don't love it, but I think it was clear the Mavs needed a second scorer. Luka needed some help, and they would get that inconsistently from Dinwiddie and Hardaway and maybe Finney Smith would have a night, Um, but they've never had that consistent second score to go with Luka. So this is, this is big for them in that regard. Um, It's definitely going to help them. They're, they're a much better team now than they were, uh, two days ago, but we'll see that their roster is still um a little bit thin, I think, at least defensively and at the guard position as well. So it, it'll be interesting. I do think they're a lot better. What do you guys think? Yeah, Butsy, go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I think it's like I agree with everything Jordan said, but I'm concerned about the on-court dynamic with these two, honestly, mm-hmm. Um, how they're going to share the ball. They're both obviously ball-dominant players and have almost polar opposite personalities. Um, so I, I, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on how Kyrie gets integrated into the Mavericks system, um, how he goes along with the piece that they have, but obviously adding another scoring threat to this team, um, is, is, is huge for the Mavericks. Uh, I don't think this makes them contenders in any way, but definitely a scary team in the playoffs could upset a team, uh, like the Nuggets, you know, they always fold the playoffs. Um, and I think the, I think the Mavericks could have a shot at being the Nuggets. Um, but for you know the rest of the regular season, I think this is a great ad. It's definitely going to help them out, obviously, but uh, I still think that they're a piece away from being like the that title contending team. Yeah, I agree with what both of you guys are saying. Uh, the first two thoughts I had selfishly were, one, if that's the trade for Kyrie, what the fuck did the market look like? And we'll get into that later because this is kind of a weird trade in my opinion. And then two, this is a great trade for the Celtics because one, it takes Kyrie out of the East and weakens a Nets team that I don't know how high you guys were on them. Obviously with KD going out, their ceiling kind of dropped a little bit, but when 
they were in full swing. I was calling them title contenders, and I genuinely believe that they were. So taking Kyrie out of that equation, adding in Dinwiddie, who's a really good player. He was really good for Brooklyn. I'm really happy that he's on Brooklyn. Just makes it a lot more of a likable team, I think. That being said, I mean, they're very wing and like small forward heavy in terms of team. Like they have Joe Harris, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. They have Seth Curry as well. Yeah, they just got a bunch of like, I don't know, mediocre players. We'll get into the Nets later. But yeah, as for the Mavericks, what this what Kyrie brings to them, he brings a really solid connector piece who can go and score at will, but he also is a really great facilitator and he's really great at just getting people open and getting them the ball in their spots. So I'm really excited to see the dynamic with Kyrie and Luca because I think this could unlock an even more scary Luca. And I do like the idea of Kyrie coming in off the bench and handling, not off the bench, like when Luca goes out, there's going to be opportunities for Kyrie to really take over offensively. But I'm just worried about their depth, like you guys brought up. Uh, Jordan, you had something on this? Yeah, I'm interested to see how the play style of both of these guys is going to get affected by this. Because Luca this year has been off the charts, usage rate he's basically their entire offense and now you bring in a guy like Kyrie who a lot of people are questioning the fit and I understand the questions but I I also think Kyrie's phenomenal off the ball and I think yeah. he he's like he's clearly a great catch and shooter uh he he doesn't dominate the ball as as much as like a Luca or a James Harden he's not like that where he'll dribble a whole shot clock out even though he could if he wanted to so I think Kyrie plays great off the ball it'll be interesting to see what happens with Luca? Because we've never seen Luca have to um, really sit and watch a guy work and and play off the ball for more than like a possession or two. So it's going to be interesting. Curious to see you know what you guys think about that and how is Luca going to be negatively impacted by this, or is he going to be just fine and and they're going to fit like a glove? Yeah, but what do you think? Yeah, I think that I think that they're going to be okay. Um, I think they're two great basketball players, and you know. I think that they're so good that they're going to find a way to, to to play together, and I think it's going to be efficient. But my one thing with the with this trade that you know kind of stood out to me was like the Mavericks gave up a lot. You know, they gave up Finney Smith, um, they gave up a first and what a couple seconds, right? A couple seconds and um, Spencer Dinwiddie. So Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Finney Smith, first round pick and a couple seconds for Kyrie, who honestly could just go sign somewhere else in the offseason. So, yeah, I don't really love the fact that, you know, his deal's running out and we know how Kyrie is. He's going to, you know, go where he wants and do whatever the hell he wants. So from a Mavericks, like, GM perspective, it's a good move now in the short term, like, for the rest of the season. But, you know, long term, you kind of gave up a lot for, you know, not a great long-term asset, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I'm really interested if in seeing if it's kind of like a wink-wink that he's going to sign there in terms of an order for that deal to be made, I feel like the Mavericks must have had some inclination that Kyrie was willing to re-sign to Dallas, you know? Because I, I don't think the deal gets made if they think they're getting him for a year. But that is you know, what Kyrie, could happen. Yeah, Kyrie, I mean, I mean, obviously we're big Celtics fans. And remember when Kyrie said, I plan <laughs> yeah. on signing here in the, next, in the offseason, and he yeah. was just gone. Yeah. So that's just that's just what Kyrie does. But, um, yeah, no, that, that's all I have to say about yeah, no, I mean, you're completely right. He has a track history. I mean, he, he what, requested a trade, took it back, um, 
just with the Nets and then requested again just days before today where he got traded. I didn't see that trade request coming, but we all said that Kyrie was being eerily normal. He was being eerily on his best behavior. Everything seemed fine. And a lot of people were like, I don't think he's going to be able to continue on this being really well behaved. I thought that maybe almost losing his job may kind of changed him and maybe he would be, I don't know, prone to just being a little bit easier to be with and play with. But I, it's just funny that it's kind of like, you, you know, you know that it's going to happen. Uh, he's going to do something and it happened. He requested a trade and he got his wish. So I'm excited to see what happens with this new team. We'll start with you, Jordan. Can you, uh, what, what do you grade this trade for the Mavs? Yeah. Mavs. I'm going to give them a B. I think it makes them super interesting for the short term. And if they can maybe make, I don't know if they have any assets left. If, if they can make a small move and maybe get, you know, some more defense on the roster before the trade deadline, then I think they can be a real contender, at least in the West. I still don't think they would have a chance at beating someone in the East, but if you get to the finals, then you keep Luca happy. Kyrie's happy, probably resigns. So I'm hoping they can at least make a deep run in the playoffs. So I'll give them a B, but like Connor said, for the long term, it's, it's a huge risk if Kyrie decides to leave. And I mean, they, it, he just has a tendency to destroy teams that he touches. So yeah, true. Butsy. I'm going to give them a B minus um, mainly because of the long-term reasons and just the massive risk that comes with getting Kyrie Irving um, for them to make the finals would be a very lofty goal for this team, especially with the, you know, the top of the West being, being pretty good. Um, you know, but overall they gave up a good amount, but they got Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving is, you know, arguably actually, I think it's, I think it can be said he's the best ball handler and best, like one of the most skilled players in NBA history. Yeah, I think he's the best ball handler in Iowa. Like, best ball handler in, in NBA history. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're getting a obviously incredible asset, but just what they gave up and, you know, the risk that comes with getting him and the risk that just Kyrie brings with him wherever the hell he goes is is definitely looming. And so that's why I'm I'm a little hesitant on this and give it a B minus. But I saw ESPN gave them a D plus. Yeah. And their their trade know that grades the, are really weird. Their trade grades are fucking horrible. Um and they're always horrible. Yeah. But uh, you know. I will get into this a little later, but what does the market mean for these other guys? We saw the Gobert trade really fucked up yeah, pretty much the entire trade market. Uh, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm actually going to go higher on this one. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. There's a couple of reasons why. I think one, just politically looking at it, Dallas and the Texas is just kind of a place where people go to be kind of more, I don't know how to say this, other than... It seems like they have this kind of area where anything goes uh, politically and, you know, in terms of what you believe in and all that. And we know Kyrie is a little bit out there in his beliefs and his political beliefs. We That's nothing that we need to talk about. But I just think that Dallas might be a spot that he could feel a little bit more at home because it seems like people that, um, you know, they, they just think different things seem to kind of congregate in that area. Um, if, if you guys understand what I'm saying. Uh, so I feel like one, he might he could be happy there. He could feel at peace, you know, um, being able to think what he wants to. And he's not Dallas is still like a big market, but it's not it's not Brooklyn. Brooklyn has, you know, a 24 seven constant coverage. So does Dallas, but not to the extent that Brooklyn does. It's like a major, major city. Um, Dallas has other stuff going on. You know, the Cowboys run the city. So they're, 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 I, I just think 
it's going to be nice for Kyrie to kind of fly under the radar. He's going to be in an area where like a environment that he feels comfortable in. Um, secondly, he brings this clutch factor to the Mavericks and this playoff run that they're going to have. Hopefully, um, he's been in a lot of playoff games. I know he kind of played like shit last season in the playoffs, but he does have a proven playoff track record. He hit that shot in like 2016, I think. Uh, to so he has a history of just being clutch. He's a very clutch player. That's going to be good. You have two of the one. Do you have two of the most clutch players in the game right now with Luca and Kyrie on the same team? That's always good. And um, yeah, I just think I think three worst case scenario, Kyrie does walk. Uh, you basically you consolidated your money. You kind of put granted you got one of the Morris brothers back, but they're on a cheaper contract. Most of the money that came back was from Kyrie. So if you're looking at it logically, uh, if Kyrie does end up walking, that frees up a lot of salary on your books for next year to maybe go out and buy, sign a free agent to make Luca happy. And then my final reason is just that you made a move and you made a big one. And that shows Luca that you're trying to get him some help. And it shows Luca that you're willing to shake things up a bit to make him happy. And I think that's a big step um, in making sure that he stays there long term. So that's why I have an A minus. It could blow up in their faces, but I think they, the, it, yeah, I just think it could be good, more likely going to be good. Jordan. Yeah, I just want to talk about their roster real quick because Dorian Finney Smith and Dinwiddie were a huge part of this team. Yeah. And I, I don't want that to go overlooked. Finney Smith is honestly one of the, like prototype three and D wings in the league fits on any team, really good player. And Dinwiddie maybe doesn't fit on every team, but for the Mavs, he was their like leader of the second unit. And now without him, it's going to be weird to see like who their backup point guard is. I don't, I honestly don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Frank? Nino is, is like Josh Green going to start playing more minutes? Cause I'm looking at their roster and they Josh- don't have a lot of guys right now. Yeah. I think Josh Green, would probably who, He's been playing a good, not a lot, but he's been playing more. I know Frankie Smokes just does not really touch the floor that much, but I that's what um, I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just like Kyrie's a huge addition, and I think they have a really good five, at least offensively. Yeah. They have a phenomenal five. Um, but then when you talk about if if Luca has to go out of the game and Kyrie, if Kyrie and Luca are out of the game at the same time, I don't know if I trust a single person on their team yeah. to lead a second unit. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I I completely agree. I don't know, I don't know what they do. They're going to have to. I think I feel like they're not done. I feel like there's another move to be made to kind of solidify, but I just don't know what kind of tradable assets they have. Um, let's transition over now to the Nets side of things. Um, presumably you get rid of a big distraction. I don't know how. Uh gettable this makes Kevin Durant on the market if he's going to request a trade now because Kyrie's gone or if he's going to be uh willing to settle in in Brooklyn and kind of restart so I that's still a possibility that that's something we're gonna have to figure out um in terms of your roster just going through right now you got Nick Claxton Seth Curry Spencer Dinwiddie David Duke Jr. Kevin Durant Kessler Edwards Dorian Finney-Smith Joe Harris Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, Dayron Sharp, Ben Simmons, Drew Smith, Edmund Summer, Sumner, Cam Thomas, T.J. Warren, Utah, Utah Watanabe. So clearly, you're lacking a couple of things here. You're lacking a a ball handler, like an elite point guard, and you're lacking uh, an elite big man. 
that's other. I mean, you do have Kevin Durant, obviously, but I wouldn't consider him a big man. He's obviously more Clax- forward. Claxton's been playing really, really well this yeah. year, though. He's been yeah. much, much better than than previous years. I agree. Um, so we'll start with you, Butts. How do you feel about the trade for the Nets, and what do you think uh, this trade does to them as a team? Yeah, it's interesting because I just see like a lot of copy paste with a lot of these guys that they have. Uh, like yeah. you know, we just ran through the roster: Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Now they have Finney Smith, Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas. They all play relatively the same yeah. way and they play the same position too. So it adds depth to the wing spot and that not that they needed it at all, but it does add depth, which always helps and depth or is never really going to kill you. But excuse me, in order to be elite in the NBA, as we've seen really in the past, like, you know, 10 or so years, you need a big three. You really, really need at least two superstars, probably three. Um, and, and without, with Kyrie leaving, it just I don't see them being title contenders now. Uh, so I I but there's also the big possibility that Dinwiddie absolutely steps up and becomes like a 20, 20 plus point you know a game score just kind of like a Chris Middleton. Yeah. Um. Uh, that like that would be I guess his ceiling is is a, like a Chris Middleton type player on the on the Nets uh, to help out KD. But with there's so many question marks around KD's health and whether he's going to be good to go uh, and when he's going to be good to go. Um, and even when he does come back, there's just always the looming, you know, looming threat that he's going to get injured again. So for the Nets, I don't hate it, but I don't think that makes them obviously I don't, they, they don't they're not, they didn't get better, but I don't think it made them drastically worse either. But I think you brought you brought this up, Max, and it's a really good point. The biggest question mark now is what's Katie going to do? Right. Yeah. We have, you know, the trade deadline is what, the 9th, February 9th? I believe so. Yeah. I can look. That so, up you know, are the Nets going to make a fucking huge move and just completely blow it up? within the next three days to go get um, or just to go get rid of KD and just completely rebuild now that they have picks and shit. Um, and it, it is really sad because, you know, the Nets were so promising. You know, they had K- KD, Kyrie, Claxton was playing like an all-star. And all of a sudden now it's on the verge of completely blowing up. So, um, but at the end of the day too, like there was so much drama that came around Kyrie and KD and with injuries and just all the bullshit that, that they had. So I, I'm not opposed to the Nets absolutely blowing it up, but it just kind of stinks that they were title contenders and they were fully healthy. And mm-hmm. now that KD's hurt, Kyrie's gone. It's just like, you know, they got they're in they're in a really, really tough spot. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's the it it's just there's gonna be a documentary about this team, what happened. You know, it, you got you went from James Harden, Kyrie Irving, KD to Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, KD to Kyrie or KD. That's it. And it's and Ben Simmons still, but you have a shell of Ben Simmons. It's that it's, guy stinks. That guy yeah, really he's stinks. Really bad, and he's not even playing defense well anymore, or as elite as he was before. Um, it's just that I've never seen anything like this in the NBA. Um, Jordan, what what were your thoughts on this trade for the Nets? Uh, I'm actually going to give them a B, same as I did for the Mavs. I think what what Connor mentioned about the Nets blowing it up and trading KD is super interesting and definitely a possibility, but they have so many assets. Now they just got a, a crazy haul for Kyrie and all of the players they got, the two players they got and the picks all have a ton of value on the trade market. I wouldn't be surprised if they flip these and go and try and get some talent, like real talent. Yeah. We've heard for a while that the bulls are, are trying to blow it up. I think 
trying to at least chip off one of their two guys in Damar Levine. I think if you go get Zach Levine, you're right back to where you were. And I think that could be a real possibility. Um, I don't know what that trade package would look like, but I know it's possible. Um, but again, if you're the Nets, I think you would have preferred to keep Kyrie. Like you, yeah, there was, there was so much promise before Katie's injury and it, it kind of came as a shock, even though it was Kyrie and he's, you know, tended to, to make some crazy decisions. It's still kind of shocking just because he was playing so well and the team looked so good. Um, I, the reason I'm giving him a B and not higher because they got a ton of great assets for this. If I was in that, I probably would have just denied the request and said, you're going to play and, and try to win it this year. So that's, that's my only reasoning for not giving him higher. That's what's so interesting about this is that Kyrie had no leverage, so they must have really just wanted to get rid of him and be done with the whole situation, I think. I think, yeah, they they were just having headaches from this whole Kyrie drama. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think Kyrie requesting the trade was the leverage. Um, Obviously, with this contract running out at the end of the season, I think him requesting a trade was either like pay me or trade me. Yeah, and like Jordan said, he, he and I even think this. It's a really good point. They didn't have to trade him, right? They didn't have to trade him, but I think they were tired of the headache and all the bullshit. But realistically, if they just kept him and then Katie comes back, say, you know, late February, beginning of March, and Kyrie's playing and Katie's fully healthy, like they're they're exactly where they were before, you know, the All Star break, really. Yeah, uh, which is coming up. So. It, it's tough, obviously, but uh, yeah, you know, I agree with everything Jordan said. I think they would have been better off keeping him. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. There's, it's always better to have the superstar athlete than you know. Um, I guess like those are, for, Finney Smith and Dinwiddie are high end role players at this time. I mean, that's just what they are. So, it does stink that you weren't able to get it to work out with Kyrie and KD. And I don't know. I I don't think, I don't know if KD stays in Brooklyn. I don't know where he's going to go. I've heard weird. I mean, like you've heard, I've heard everything from like OKC, Toronto, Phoenix. I've heard San Antonio. Obviously there's always that Boston rumor. I think that one's probably not going to happen. Obviously um, Golden State returning to Golden State. I've heard like there, there, there's a couple, there's a bunch of different rumors, but I just don't know if anyone has um, the pieces to make a trade for KD work right now, unless you have a, superstar who's unhappy which i don't think we have any actual like legitimate superstars that are unhappy at the moment i know trey young is probably going to be the first one to go but i don't think that's happening at this deadline that's going to be happening in the summer would be my guess if if any movement happens with him so and it would really only be like five five to ten guys that i think you can trade for kd one-on-one and other than that, you're going to need to make um, a real godfather offer that I don't know if a lot of teams have. And like you said, Butsy, the Gobert trade completely fucked over the market for what teams are going to want and expect to get for big trades. So be interesting to see. Let's go through and give our grades now for this trade. Uh, Butts, we'll start with you. What What's your grade? Yeah, I'm going to give them a uh, B. I'm going to give them a B. Uh, I yeah. gave the uh, Mavericks a B-. minus. I'm going to give the Nets a B. Because they did get a lot in return, and they're like yeah. Jordan said, their assets have a shit ton of value. Um, but like it's not a trade where I'm like either it's I don't look at this trade as oh one side won and one side lost. I really kind of just see it as um, you know the Nets just have a ton of assets 
that are really valuable and a couple of players that are really valuable and picks that are, you know, obviously about valuable. And then the Mavericks got Kyrie. So it's yeah. not like, I, I don't, I don't really see this as a lopsided trade. I'm just going to give them a B um, because of what they can do with the assets that they got returned. Yeah. And Jordan, obviously you said it was a B I'm going to go a little bit lower. Maybe I'm feeling uh, like B minus to B. I think, they got a really good offer for Kyrie, so that's good. You got him off your team. That's also good. But I think what we're going to see now in the media especially is an overvalue of uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. There's going to be talks about how he's going to transform and he's going to become a new player. He's going to become unlocked going back to Brooklyn where he became unlocked in the first place. Spencer Dinwiddie's 29 years old. So is Dorian Finney-Smith. I just don't know how much growth you're going to see in them as a player. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm I would happily be wrong about that but from what we've seen watching basketball which we all do we've done a lot it's very rare that you see a player unlock themselves when they're 30 plus years old you know so this Spencer Dinwiddie we have now is is in the is you know in the end of his prime sort of so uh, I don't know how much unlocking he's going to be doing in Brooklyn he might get better but I'm not saying he's going to get exponentially better at all so I mean anytime you lose an asset it's tough but I think they did the best they could do, but I'm still going to give them like a B minus. Um, and then before we go, let's just talk about, Oh, Jordan, did you have something? Yeah. I just want to know what you guys think the nets do from here. Do you guys see them making a move before the deadline or are they just going to ride it out with this roster? Yeah, I, I see them making a move. Um, do I think it's going to be a big splash like a Levine or DeRozan? I don't think so. Uh, but I do, I do see them doing something with the assets. I mean, like, you know, there's three days left in the trade deadline, and you still have Kevin Durant, and you still have a very, very solid team. Like their 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 season is by no means over yet, so there's still a bunch of shit that they could do to get better. And I think they will do something. I just don't think that's going to be like an all star caliber player. Um, it might be like a tier below, like maybe like you know another player like Dinwiddie, uh, possibly <laughs> younger. Yeah, um, you know where it's kind of like he can average twenty, like on on you know he could average twenty throughout the rest of the season, and then you know possibly provide a massive uh, a scoring boost like when it comes to the playoffs and stuff like that. But um, I don't think the net season is over, and I do think they do something before uh, the ninth deadline. I think um, I think if they do end up doing something, it's after there's already been some moves made. I don't know if they're going to be like the front runners to be making moves. I think they're going to be kind of picking up the scraps like this next team that we're going to be talking about, the Lakers. I think they had an idea of what moves they can make, but right now they don't really know uh, who exactly is going where. I, I think there's going to be a lot of movement at this deadline, and I think once the dust settles, Brooklyn will make a move a little bit later just to kind of they'll have a better understanding of where they are and what they can do. But for now, I think there's so many names out there that it's kind of hard to know exactly what they can do. Um, they also just, in terms of assets, I mean, they do have like some pretty solid players, but I mean, I just don't really know what you're going to be getting for. I mean, Ben Simmons, what's his trade value look like? That's the only guy that has the contract that can really entice a big, big name just to match contracts. But even then, like, I don't think Ben Simmons has a lot of trade value. Um, I mean, really, if like you're looking at it, the guys that they could trade are ones that are very core players <laughs> to their team. So it's just kind of hard to see what things they could actually do 
that makes them exponentially better. So I, I don't know. I know that's a non-answer, but I really have no idea what they do. Um, let's transition now to the Lakers. Obviously, we talk about them a lot, but to me, when I heard that Kyrie requested a trade, I immediately thought he was going to the Lakers. Butsy, we'll start with you. I know you said right away that you didn't think that was going to happen. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, I didn't know what the trade package would look like for Kyrie to the Lakers. Um, yeah. I, I really just didn't think the Lakers had the necessary assets to not that they didn't have the assets. I think they had a couple obviously untouchables with AD and, and Braun has his no trade clause, I think, right? He's got no yeah, trade clause. But I mean a, obviously the Braun would never be, be traded. Tra- he's case. not eligible to be traded until this summer. He has like a weird the contract. Yeah, he, you know, he has a LeBron esque contract, obviously. Yeah. But I just didn't think that the Lakers were going to be able to provide the what the Nets were looking for. I think the Nets got exactly what they were looking for in Kyrie, where it's like a couple role players and then a you know, some, some valuable picks. Mm. Um, obviously we know the Lakers draft pick situation is, is an absolute shit show is an absolute mess. And I didn't, and I don't think that the Lakers would have been willing to give up their two, a first. bunch of assets and more picks Yeah, to go get Kyrie where like LeBron and Kyrie might be able to win a title. I mean, LeBron, Kyrie, and AD, absolutely. But mm. you know, AD's health is always a huge question mark. And, Kyrie's health is even a question mark now. So it's like, I just didn't think that they were going to match what the Nets were looking for. Yeah. In a, do you in, guys, a, in a trade? Yeah. Do you guys think this is um, management finally not allowing LeBron to be the GM anymore? Do you think this is them finally telling him no? Because to me, LeBron was all over this. And I think he probably was telling them to give the two the two first rounders to get Kyrie. And I, it seems to me that management would have said no, uh, which is rightfully so because that's their whole future and LeBron's aging and he might not be around for those picks and those picks become inherently valuable. Yeah, I definitely agree. The, they would have had to mortgage their entire future, which they've already let go of a lot of. So, uh, and I think they see LeBron is finally starting to age a little bit. I think he probably has maybe two more years at this level. Um, so yeah, they, they, they weren't going to give up everything to go all in for something that was far from guaranteed. Even if you get Kyrie, the role players are still a huge issue and AD's health, like Connor said, is still a huge issue. I also think they could not have made an offer as good as the Mavs. Yeah. It just wasn't possible. Like it would have had to be Westbrook and and picks, but then the Nets would have had to match Westbrook's contract. So it just I don't think they ever had enough to go match with the the Mavs. Just gave up because that was a lot. So yeah. So I mean, who, just real quick before we go, uh, who are some targets you think that the Lakers are looking at now that? you know, their presumably main target, Kyrie Irving, has been traded. I, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton of mid-level guys that could make – like, there are, but not – like, let me put it this way. The mid-level assets, like mid- to high-level assets that are – would be kind of like a role player on the Lakers are instrumental parts to, like, a bunch of these other teams. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I think what teams would be willing to get for, I'm trying to, trying to think of, you know, good comparisons, maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon type of esque player, like that level of player. Obviously he is, I think I heard this the other day. He's like the fifth, he's like 
uh, fifth in points per game off the bench in the NBA. Uh, he's been absolutely incredible for us this year. He's been insanely efficient. Um, and if someone were to like, if the Lakers were to approach us for Brogdon, we might just shut them down immediately unless it's an offer that we really can't refuse. Yeah. So a lot of these guys uh, like Brogdon level players across the league are instrumental parts to to these teams rosters. And I don't really know what they would be looking for, for those type of players. And I would assume it'd really be picks. Um, you know, it, you're getting rid of a mid-level guy. You want picks in return. You don't really just want someone else that's younger. Like it'd probably be a young asset plus a ton of picks. And honestly, the Lakers, like I just said earlier, have zero picks to give. So I, I really, I don't really know. I don't think they will do anything before the trade deadline. Yeah. I, I think they're going to try to do something. And I just think it's going to be these fringe Rui Hachimura like trades that are just, you know, um, further consolidation of role players. But even then, I, I don't think there's a bunch of moves they could make. The one that I am, I have like a weird, I just have like this weird idea that they call the Wizards and they're like, hey, remember how fun that Westbrook year was? And are you guys trying to tank for the next future and just kind of hit a full reset instead of doing this weird limbo and you want to build around Kuzma? Um, what is Bradley Beal's price? Or are you willing to do like a, an awful Westbrook for Beal uh, trade with the two firsts to get, you know, a, a stronger future? You do get those two firsts from the Lakers, which are going to be really high value picks. And then you just instantly get worse um, with Westbrook that could be an interesting trade just because um, it makes the wizards awful, but it sets them up to fully rebuild. Um, that's something I would be interested, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Jordan, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah. I think the Beal thing might be just a little far fetched. Cause I think the wizards yeah. might be able to get something more from yeah. what the Lakers could give them. And for the Lakers, I don't, I don't think they're making a big splash. I think they can go out and get a, a role player, maybe Kuzma at best, but it seems like the Wizards actually. Yeah, they like shut they out. shut that down. They, they um, I'm seeing like Terry Rozier stuff. I guess I could see that, but where does that really get you? Um, yeah. so I I see maybe something like that, just a mid level player, a role player, and they they really they screwed up. So I think their their focus is trying to sign free agents and maybe make a splash in the off season. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, that's been it for us here at the Lovecast. Thank you for listening to this emergency episode. Stay tuned. If anything else big happens, we'll be on for an emergency episode. If not, we'll be on for our regular couch episode and Lovecast episode this week. Just consider this a bonus episode. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. Thank you all for listening. Please make sure to like and review, and we will yeah. see you guys very Shawty, soon. Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by, oh yeah. Think I won the lotto. This little mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. This little mulatto. She could be a model.